Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. This episode is sponsored by Joe Middleton, founder of Franchise Business School, helping franchisors and aspiring franchisors strategically turbocharge their business growth through a range of comprehensive online masterclasses, exclusive membership, and one to one mentoring. Head over to franchisebusinessschool.com to find out more. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. I am joined today by the fabulous Natalie Skinner, the virtual fixer who specializes in systems and strategies and is a customer journey expert. Hello, Natalie. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, me too. Bonkers day. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've both had a bonkers day, haven't we? Actually, I woke up this morning and I felt like I had a bit of a sore throat. And my first thought was, like, literally this morning, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do that podcast with Natalie because I've got a sore throat and I might not, like, hold out through the... um, through the podcast and haven't we been trying to get a date in for this podcast since like December (laughs) (laughs) so I was like no but actually as I've gone through it's been fine it's holding up quite well I sound maybe a little a little huskier than usual but apart from that it's all good (laughs) (laughs) so tell everybody a little bit about you and your journey into running your own business Okay. Oh God, where do we start? It's been a long journey. Um, I'm probably one that I was going to say would have been a bit more complicated than I'd have liked, but isn't that the case for all of us really? We end up being a bit more complicated than you'd like. So um, I did 10 years in corporate industry. Um, I still did my toeing there now. Um, And at a point in my career, well, there came a point in my career where I actually thought I was going to be made redundant. That's what really kicks all this off. Um, And so I started up as a VA initially and uh, that kind of grew arms and legs um, and then I, I very much got to a point with that where I realised um, in the way I was working as a VA that the the ceiling was kind of capped in the sense that um, I was working on an hourly rate um, and so I, I was going to be in a position where I was working a 40-hour week um for not much more than I was earning in my corporate industry and the whole idea of coming out of that was to have a bit more time and uh, to kind of do things on on my own basis really rather than on everybody else's so then I started to look at um how I could change that so I really drilled down on the services that I enjoyed doing um, and the bits and pieces of stuff that I really enjoyed and got rid of all the rubbish really that I, I didn't want to do anymore um and that eventually has led me to specializing in systems um and the customer journey which um has probably been driven a lot by burnout 
um, <laughs> and going through the same thing that we all go through all the time where you know you're trying to get a business off the ground and in the beginning I think you just say yes don't you, you take everything because that's you know you, you just want the business to begin with and then um, you're overworked and you can't deliver it all and then you feel rubbish about yourself <laughs> um, and then so then you have to take a step back and, and it was going through that cycle over and over again um, and I guess eventually I got to the, sp- the space where I was like well how do I break this cycle um, and the answer for me certainly was automation having the back end of my business set up so that it ran um, so that it ran well um, and I guess so that it could run without me in it all the time because that's everybody's ideal goal isn't it as an entrepreneur is that we want to get to a place where our businesses are not only scalable but eventually saleable um, and for that to happen your business has to be able to run without you um, and and then I think the customer journey element of the business then my focus there really came from um some of the expertise that I took from the corporate world the leadership and all of that kind of stuff and then um the other thing that probably really made me focus on the customer journey was coming out of covid and especially in this online space I think it's something that that businesses have kind of whether it's through being busy or whatever or um, maybe automation's played a part but people have kind of forgotten the importance of the role that it plays um especially when it comes to like retaining clients referrals repeat business so um that's what I feel like the world in general has forgotten about customer service I know customer service and customer journey is slightly different but then they're not really it's all about how you want the customer to feel and I found coming out of COVID the customer service had dropped to the point of non-existence which is crazy to me because you would think it would be the other way around, you know, like we're all emerging and we're going back out to the shops and the restaurants and, and all of these things. You think that they'd be like bending over backwards, but it wasn't the case, was it? No, I, I really feel like it was a place where nobody cared anymore. Like there's so many different examples, isn't there? Like even like when I, I recently um, purchased a, a second property and um, just for ease, I decided to pick an online solicitors to deal with that. So I filled in a request for a quote. They sent it back. I clicked the button to say, I, I accept the quote. And I'm not kidding, like within literally 10 seconds of me pressing that button, there was a young lad on the phone and he was just like, hi, Mrs. Skinner. I was like, hi, um, can I, um, have you, I'm, Mason from such and such a body solicitors I'll leave him out of it but um he just said uh, have you got your bank card there I need to take a 500 pound deposit and I was like whoa <laughs> and then I found myself lying to him I was like uh, sorry I'm in the middle of a meeting right now I, I haven't got my bank card I'll have to call you later I was sat at my desk at home like, right here where I am now and staring at your bank card <laughs> Yeah, staring at my bank card, literally. But, you know, and had that conversation gone, I'd accepted the quote, so there was no issue with him ringing me and asking me for a deposit. But had that conversation gone, hi, I'm Mason from such and such a body solicitors. Thank you so much for accepting our quote. These are the next steps that will happen. Blah, blah, blah. If you don't mind, um, I'm able to take a deposit from you now. I'd have given him my bank details there and then. Yeah. But... It, it just is, you know, and that's such, it's just the tip of the iceberg of, of the customer journey and how things can go differently. But there's so many things I think that people are, 
are overlooking. And I don't think it's necessarily intentionally. I think for a lot of small businesses and for entrepreneurs, I think it's a case of being busy. I don't think anybody deliberately intends to give poor customer service and have a bad customer journey. Um, And But I I do think not enough people think about it and not enough people talk about it early early on enough um I talk about the customer journey being part of your sales experience so from that first point of inquiry you know if I'm inquiring with you about um buying from you that's where my customer service journey starts with your business and it's from that moment that I'll decide if I want and actually I would say in the sales process it's more important than ever because people are making that decision about whether they will go on and work with you or not. And I think if you commit yourself to being someone who's going to be giving excellent customer service from day dot, you're going to separate yourself from the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because 30% of businesses actually research says don't review the customer journey at all. Wow. Which I just find absolutely staggering. And I think it's something like 87% of business comes from like friends and family referral. So, you know, when you look at those two figures together, it just is is mind-blowing, really, I think. But um, there's so many things that people overlook. I don't think people necessarily even um, realise that your customer journey starts from the minute somebody fills that inquiry form in on your website. Okay, let's go into this a a little bit then, Natalie, because you said there's so many things that people overlook. Mm-hmm. And you know, I like to give people tangible advice. <laughs> what what do they overlook? What what can we change today? Okay, so I guess where we're going to start onboarding process. That's probably the first most logical place to start. Make sure you have a strong onboarding process. Um, I always use I always like to talk about the wormy apple when I'm talking about your on- onboarding process. It's like having a big juicy apple you know the red the shiny they look delicious and then you bite in so that's your website if we're giving it an analogy you know like everything looks really fancy your website's lovely your social media's on point and then you bite into the apple and there's a wiggly worm inside so to contextualize that you've filled your um contact farming on your website um and then nothing you wait it's a bit like a bad dating app, really, isn't it? Like <laughs> you wait and you're excited and you wait for the reply and you wait for the reply. And then you might get something that's a bit half-assed at best because somebody's, you know, just seen their email while they're in the middle of a meeting and you've picked it up and you've replied. Or worse, it's taken you a week to get back to that person that's inquired and by which point they've lost excitement and they've gone somewhere else. Like from the minute somebody feels forming in your website they have to have complete confidence that you're going to deliver and that can be as simple as automation like if you've put something on the back of your website you know you've used a CRM um I it's no secret I quite like to use Dubsado for these kinds of things um if you have an automation that goes out off the back of a form that says thank you very much for your inquiry I'll be in touch with you within 24 to 48 hours in the meantime have a look at this brochure um, for more information. So they've had an instant response. So they know that you've got the inquiry. And then the next key thing there is making sure that if you've put a time response on your automated reply, 
that you actually follow up and go back within that that time response now I know I have a lot of clients that say to me but my issue my main issue is time so I can't commit to going back to again automation there's no reason in another 24 to in another 24 hours you can't have an automation that goes out that says great news I've got an opening use this link to book a, a slot for a call you still haven't done anything and they've had access to your diary they've booked a call for a time where you do have time they feel like you've paid attention and they're valued and you've you've done nothing so onboarding is is the first place that I would start um and actually when you're looking at your pro your business processes um, reviewing the back end of your business because before you start to, to put all these processes in place is a good place to start if you can't do that objectively um the the paper test is always a good one so I like to map out a process and then see if I can feed this imaginary piece of paper through it and look for the bottlenecks and see where it gets stuck and then they're the things then in your customer journey that you probably need to start yes yeah I feel like my onboarding process could sometimes be better. <laughs> 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 it's nice about these things, isn't it? But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, mine could probably be better, but you practice what you preach. Well, then that. I guess that, that's, that's something, isn't it? That here we've got somebody who is, you know, an expert in this saying that her onboarding process could be better. And obviously, you know, I have grown a a successful business and I'm saying that my onboarding process should be better. So a lesson for us all that maybe this is something that, you know, make it as good as you possibly can now. And it's something we should be constantly reviewing and and keeping up with. But before we do, I just want to talk to you about Jenna Farmer. Um, Jenna is one of my podcast sponsors. She also is in my mastermind and she takes care of all of the PR for Charlie Day Sales. So if you want to make 2023 the year that you and your business is featured in magazines, newspapers and TV, Jenna Farmer is a journalist and PR who teaches businesses how to consistently get amazing press coverage that helps take their business to the next level. To start your PR journey, join Jenna's free Facebook community and get your business in the media with Jenna Farmer. All of the links for that are in the show notes. Um, You can also follow Jenna on Instagram for quick and easy PR tips. She's Jenna Farmer PR. Go and um, check Jenna out because she is amazing. She's had me featured all over the place, including Red Magazine, um, Forbes. I've been in all sorts of places. So um, Jenna is definitely worth checking out we are really pleased with the work that she's done Mm -hmm. for us yeah I mean it's something I recommend you review every six to twelve months because your business changes um you know your business platform changes the type of client that you're working with might change the services that you're offering changing um you know the stuff that people want to see is just changing like we're in you know post-covid we're in a completely different world I think to the one we were in before so people that are still operating processes from pre-COVID probably need, need to, to update them. Um, okay, I've got, I've got a question here for you, Natalie. Um, are you using AI? No, 
Um, I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm not looking at it because um, I don't know anybody who isn't looking at it, but I'm not looking at it yet. Like I'm, um, I use it. So I've got the, uh, the um, GPT um, chat app um, and I use it every now and again. Like I go on and have a look, like if I've got a personal question, I'm doing research and stuff on it. Um, but I'm not, I haven't integrated it into my business yet. Um, I have this internal battle with AI and mm. how much, where you lose the personal element of your business. It's um, interesting, isn't it? Because I was reading an article this morning that was saying in two years time, I think they said two years time, um, we're not going to know who's talking to us, mm. if it's AI or if it's the business owner. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, gosh, that sits uncomfortably with me. But also I can see that that is where it's going to go. And and I think um, voice recordings, podcasts, all these things, voice and video is going to be more relevant than ever because that is the only way that you are going to know that you're talking to that specific person. Yeah, I think it has its place. I think it has its place for like supporting businesses and helping us all to do things quicker. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with it just taking over. Like, because um, if you're talking about the customer journey, like, isn't that one of the most frustrating things in the world where you actually need, to, you've got a complaint about something, like whether you, whether it's your gas or electric or whatever it is, and you're trying to get hold of somebody and you want to speak to a person, and either A, you've just, you're speaking to a robot and you, you're going round in a circle. Um, like we've all like Facebook meta, like if you've yeah. got a problem with Facebook and you're going round <laughs> it's the most annoying thing in the world or you're talking to somebody who's an actual person who is reading from a script and and cannot divert from it yeah they're my two biggest bookers <laughs> so maybe this might be what gives us an edge as small business owners the fact that we aren't that I think so I think being really personable in business is is the way forward for me like I know like particularly online I think it's if you're running an online business I think it's even more important than it is you know when you can walk into a shop front and actually speak to somebody because people really want to be treated particularly the older generation really want to be treated like human beings like they want to be able to have a conversation and resolve a problem without going round and round and round the same steps again and again mm. and the more value you can add in business the more likely you are. I mean, you think about all of the things that you do. Like I have a lady that I book my holidays with and I've been using her for years. And is she necessarily the cheapest? Probably not. But the service I get is what is what keeps me going back. And that's because I have one dedicated point of contact that I know I can speak to and she'll take care of everything I want her to take care of. Um, and that's one thing that AI is never going to be able to replace is human interaction and that relationship that we all crave. And, you know, I also book my late in my holidays through a lady and it's, you know, she knows exactly what I want and she'll suggest that, Oh, have you seen this hotel? This is a bit of you, Charlie. And, you know, nobody is going to be able to do that. Um, so it's about really understanding, um, your customer and, and what they want and need yeah exactly and I think um th yeah there's nothing more irritating is it than a, a robot that's broken <laughs> yeah exactly hang on one second some 
this always happens at the most crucial time. Crucial in a way, isn't it? Um, oh. My bloody husband, he just called me three times, back to back yeah. called me. You would think it was urgent then? You would think it was urgent. I honestly, the, um, my immediate response is just like, oh, what's wrong with my little boy? He's not even with him. He's with his nanny. But what's your Apple password? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a podcast with Natalie Skinner. Now is not a good time. I, I don't even usually um, don't even usually have my phone anywhere near me. But it's, you know, when you see something like that and you just can't get it out of your mind. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Tell no, me not, um, I am the one who needs to be edited at all times. <laughs> at least we know. Um, <laughs> so talk to me about systems and strategies. This is not somewhere where I excel at all. I think the customer journey piece I've got going on and I always have done and that sort of element of Mm -hmm. customer journey and community is has always been part of my business I've always really struggled with the systems and strategies and all of that sort of thing not sales strategies but more automated stuff <laughs> um so what would be your advice to somebody who's like Natalie I need your help I'm not good at this um I think where to start with it all you mean yeah um, okay, so as you, I'm a massive fan of Dubsado, but there are other other CRMs are available. Are you an um, affiliate for Dubsado? No, I'm not. <laughs> you should be. I should be. <laughs> I definitely should be. Um, it's it's the one I use in my business, and it's the one that I tend to use. I work with a lot of service based businesses, um, and for them, it's very good. Um, I use HubSpot with some of my other clients that I work with. Um, I use Pipedrive with some of the, I mean, it just depends on your business. And so you, you're throwing all of these names out there. Brilliant. I've heard of Dubsado. A few of the others I haven't even heard of. So it's, it's almost like you could be saying Japanese words. Could you just take it back one step further and tell me why am I using these things? Sure. Um, so the business um, solutions management tools or customer relationship management tools. Um, and the data make your life easier I guess I use mine to run my business for me um documented processes is something that I recommend every business have and I know me and you touched on this the other week actually didn't we <laughs> um but um in order to get to that place where you're able to document processes you have to actually have processes yeah um this, this all leads into a much bigger piece but um so let me give you an example. If you wanted to, you're at the point in your business where um, you have a, enough working for you to for you to manage. You probably don't quite have enough time for it. You're bordering on being ready to scale, but you can't scale because you haven't got any more time. You haven't got time to train a VA if you want to take on a VA. Or maybe like me, you're just a bit of a control freak and you don't want a VA. <laughs> you want to train yourself. Um, then... A CRM or a BSM is a really nice way to get some organization in your business and um, to create some time to be able to leverage your business and scale. 
Um, do so you recommend people doing this from day one? Because to be honest, if I could probably have my time over, I would have started differently. I feel like I've been constantly chasing my tail. You know, I probably hired a, a VA for the first time six months after I actually needed one. And now my advice is like hire a VA before you need one and before you can afford one, because by the time you need one and can afford one, you needed it six months ago. Yeah. So, so do you I, recommend doing things earlier than people think they should? Yeah. I, t- I mean, the back end of your business is your business. Like without it, you don't really have like you don't really have a business. I would go as far as saying um, I would start. I would bring in automations and systems before you bring in the VA. Yeah. 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 Me too. That That's that's always where I would start with it. Um, and by automations and systems, what do you mean? Um, I mean, as a, as somebody who's starting out, I just my listeners. Yeah. Are, are, so when I started out, people, so I want to make sure that we've been cleared for them. Yeah. So when I started out, probably as everybody listening to this, and probably with you, like I had a, I had a billion systems when I started out. I had Calendly to book my calls. I had my emails in one place. Um, so many different tools and systems that I was using to try and just organize myself like my calendar booking calls with people contracts I was using signable for contracts and I was using QuickBooks for invoicing and and then there was Stripe and and you've got all these systems and none of them are interlinked together when you first start your business because you're speaking to other people and you're learning as you go people are recommending things to you and you're taking them on like a sponge and <laughs> just deploying them all in, in your business um and then before you know it, you're looking at your business account and there's all this money coming out all over the place and you're stressed and you're unorganized because, it, or I was anyway, I'm talking for other people, but I definitely was stressed and unorganized. Um, and I just wanted one system. I wanted one system where I could log in and I could do everything. Um, and then somebody said to me one day, well, why aren't you using a C- Somebody who's been in business a lot longer than me said, well, why aren't, why aren't you using a CRM? what's a CRM <laughs> um and so she she actually sat down and showed me pie drive um which was great but again didn't do everything that I needed it to do um I still had bits and pieces that I felt like um were all over the place and eventually I came across Dubsado now we talk about um customer journey and we talk about the reason I always talk about these two things together is for me that it's circular the conversation so we can co- talk about your tools and your systems first or we can talk about your customer journey but inevitably you end up looking at both of them um so you know we're talking about onboarding processes offboarding processes um all of those kinds of things once you implement a system in your business whether it be dubsado whether it be you know some people I'm, i've been working um with somebody in the events industry recently um to install proper systems and processes in the business they're running the whole business out of google calendar and he's running a really successful business out of google calendar he's he's been doing it for years but he's got that much business coming in now like you can't you, you can't run a business out of google calendar um but people just make do with what they've got because they haven't implemented the tools and systems at the front end the business has grown and now they, they can't get ahead of it so um find yourself a crm do some research look into the one that works for you and your business um and then and then apply for a free trial mess about with it and have a look 
Um, there's so many people, even if you don't want to build it, there's so many people, VAs, experts that you can pay to just come in and do that data transfer for you if you don't want to do it or you haven't got the time to do it um, and just hand it back to you. It's, yeah, I think it's a must. Do you think you said when you started out, you had all these different things, you didn't really know what you were doing. Do you feel like that is just the way as, as a business owner? You know, we're, we're all here trying to strive for perfection, but is that even a thing? I don't think so. I think we like the chaos, really. I think <laughs> all entrepreneurs like the chaos. <laughs> I can't tell you how many businesses I've built in the end, and as soon as I've built on the one to the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, all right, Natalie, at the end of every single podcast I do, I ask the same three questions. So are you ready? I think so. Um, who inspires you? Who inspires me? There are so many people, but um, Gillian Devine, she, she's a brand photographer. Uh, she inspires me because um, she does everything with a super positive attitude. Um, Beyonce massively inspires me. <laughs> I love Beyonce. <laughs> um, and um, probably I take a lot of inspiration from my mum and dad, I think like growing up in that proper working class environment, but never, I never went without. And yeah, the work ethic that they've instilled in me, I think is, yeah. Amazing. Did, w did you grow up surrounded by any entrepreneurs? No, like, I, like I'm from Oldham originally, like I grew up in a very working class environment. Um, and this is like something that's, that's developed in me as I've got older. Um, I just wanted something more than nine to five. Um, my second question is, what's a book that you would recommend that you've read? Oh, that's easy. Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. Oh, I haven't yeah. read it. Steve Sims. So he was, or is, I guess, the go-to guy um, for making the impossible possible for, I guess, lots of wealthy people. But um, yeah, he, he, he talks about the art of communication um, and yeah loads of things it really just makes you think about things I'm actually on a course with him on Saturday which I'm really looking forward to oh how exciting yeah. um and finally Natalie please give us a piece of advice for a fellow entrepreneur oh um so many things you could say isn't there with hindsight but um I think if I was going to give an entrepreneur any advice um it would be to know your own mind. Like I think when I first started out um, in business, um, I had a lot of self-doubt. Uh, well, I started off really confidently actually, and then and then the self-doubt crept in. And it, I think it's very easy to take advice from, from lots of other people that you, you see that are ahead of you in their journey. Um, and because they're ahead of you in their journey and they're doing well, they, um, you think whatever your idea was mustn't mustn't be right it mustn't be valid you have to do it the way other people were doing and don't get me wrong there's advice I think to take from everybody but um it's just to remember to be true to yourself I think absolutely Natalie tell all of my listeners where they can find you they're actually going to hear your podcast advert in a few seconds but <laughs> <laughs> tell them anyway <laughs> okay um so you can find me at www. Does anybody do that anymore? 
the www people do the www no no <laughs> oh god so um you can email me at inquiries at the virtual fixer.com you can find me at my website the virtual fixer.co.uk or on facebook and instagram natalie thank you so much you have been amazing thank you my final podcast sponsor for this episode is natalie skinner at the fixer Natalie is absolutely fabulous. And if you are wearing too many hats, trying to do a million and one things and finding that there are never enough hours in the day, then maybe it's time to work smarter rather than harder and introduce proven tools and systems that can keep your business moving forward without the overwhelm or stress. Not sure where to start? Natalie Skinner at The Fixer specializes in putting systems and processes in place to transform your customer journey, allowing you to scale with ease and reclaim your time to focus on what really matters to you. You can get in touch with Natalie in the show notes are all her contact details. Thanks for listening.